This episode of the Check Out This Record podcast is brought to you by GuitarExclusive.com. Visit now for buying guides, reviews, and more. GuitarExclusive.com. Hello there, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Rock, Rock, Rock and Roll podcast. Check out this record. My name is Frank, and with me is my great buddy, Mark. Hey, 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 Frankie. And our dear listeners. Hello, listeners. <laughs> you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music Podcasts, and you can see these awesome mugs on YouTube. Uh-huh. <laughs> but when does this wonderfully charming little podcast get released? Uh, so you can hear it sizzle, Frank, like a like a fajita at Chili's as it comes oh. off the presses. Ooh. Chili's, uh, send me a check. Great question. Thanks for asking. Sponsor uh, the show. <laughs> fortunately for you, new episodes uh, drip to the drop right to your ear hole each mm-hmm. and every Friday for your listening and ladies for your viewing pleasure. That's right. So if you're hearing us for the first time, we are sponsored by Chili's. No, we are not. But you're probably not annoyed at one of our past reviews. Give us time. We, yeah. Although if you listen to the last episode, you will probably get annoyed at us. But it's okay. Mm-hmm. Here at Check Out This Record, we review records and we go track by track. We have a lot of musical discussions and we do spotlight episodes, uh, which might even include some rock and roll mysteries at the end of the Ooh. day. And we only scratched our surface and we're just getting warmed up. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But be sure to check out our verse series in our illustrious back catalog. There's some really good stuff in there where we pit two bands against each other in a blood feud to make them duke it out for total stereo domination. That's good. You didn't psych them out like I did last week. No, 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 no. My brother's still traumatized from that. I know. I know. I know. I fooled him. Yep. (laughs) So be sure to check our Instagram, our Facebook group, and hopefully these episodes will leave you wanting more of our musical goodness and Mark's random nonsense. Uh uh If you have a record that you want us to check out, drop us a comment wherever you find us, like and subscribe. So I say this to Mm -hmm. my buddy Mark. That's me. With an album title Mm -hmm. of Van Anything, that's V-A-N, coming from a band like Weezer, um, your mindset is that this is something of a tribute album, right? That's right. A tribute to none other than New Jersey's finest, Mr. Steven Van Zant. Little Stevie. Yeah, little Stevie. Little Stevie. I'm right, right? You are. Oh, perfect. And by that, I mean you're not. So oh. <laughs> listen, we don't need to do a background <laughs> on the band Weezer, as you can check out our episode of the Blue Album versus Pinkerton. Well, that's uh, from the verse series. That is from the verse series. It's and in it's our like- back catalog. It is. And, and in short, this album, Van Weezer, uh, mm-hmm. has been in the works since 2019. Uh, Rivers Cuomo mentioned uh, that th- when they would play their guitar-heavy songs in concert, because they've kind of strayed away from that over the past couple of re- records, and, well, even maybe just longer than that, uh, they would get a big pop from the crowd. Uh, they felt the fans were ready for some shredding. And, and judging from the title, um, it's not only an influence from Van Halen, Mark. Sorry, the oh. other the other van. Uh, but there's other bands such as Mark's favorite Kiss, uh, Mark's real favorite 
uh, Black Sabbath and Metallica. Mm-hmm. Um, and the intent here was the Blue Album, but more riffy. Uh, the release of this was, of course, delayed due to COVID. And I also uh, want to note that the band released a surprise album back in January titled OK Human, a take on Radiohead's OK Computer. Uh, the band wanted a simple kind of pop album that was piano and string bass. So that's where that came from. Um, All right. Yeah. So we have one album that was released a couple months back, which was a nod to Radiohead. And now we have this one, which is a nod to the bands mentioned before. Uh, Mark, first impressions, keeping with the context that this is a tribute album of sorts. What, what were you thinking here? Yeah, uh, it's definitely a Weezer album on some level. Definitely a newer Weezer album. A bit too self-serious for my taste. Um, and surprisingly, I couldn't find that fun Weezer song that every album seems to have. There's, there's always at least one, right? Um, but I, I was, I was struggling to find that. I, I loved all these big guitarists, but I, I didn't see where they were going or where they went. It was kind of, we'll get into it. Um, this mm-hmm. is, this is one I, I'm kind of, I'm missing something, but I, I can't quite put my finger on it. Um, yeah. 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 Got it. Well, you know, I first heard these songs and I was like, okay, th- these are rock songs with an obvious like 80s influence solos uh, that have this kind of new Weezer hip vibe. Uh, so I, at the beginning, I wasn't like overly impressed. And then I listened to it more and I, I appreciated how easy it was to digest and thought, hey, sometimes we need these albums. And on a side note, they were played constantly by my daughters in the car. So I, so I was just really just listening to them nonstop. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the ones that you could just play and, and have a good time listening to. Uh, I'm not uh, it's not overly serious. And, and I don't think the band they haven't if they have taken themselves seriously has it's been probably since the 90s where they actually did that um they set to do one thing here and i think that was to pay homage and bring back their rock i say that specifically and 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 i think they did um so track by track mark if you want to take the first track away we go yeah uh hero hero first track here we go uh it took me a little while to figure out what it was about the song that made me not like it um the lyrics feel a little cheap and, and cheesy um which is something you kind of expect but th- these were a little cheap and cheesier than usual but not in a in kind of a fun way you know what i mean plus there's like i i kind of like i figured it out when you get to the the choruses there's no snare drum which really mm. throws off like that kind of rock element um and it really gives the song like this kind of like funny vibe it, it like it it's it's pulsating right because it's it's eighth notes between the hi-hat and the bass drum but there's no snare drum so there's no two and four it's really kind of weird um you know i get that there's like this tempo change but leaving it out makes it kind of the the song is missing something and i think it's that it 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 feels like the verses are songs and they just didn't know what to play for the choruses and it it didn't work for me i i so um, I don't care for this as the opener. There's actually a couple songs down the road that I'm like, oh, I wasn't that the opener. Mm-hmm. Um, the solos are cool. Um, and when they bring in the claps, uh, you know, for the chorus, it, it kind of works to offset that odd rhythm of not having the snare. Um, but the clap just goes with the hi-hat and bass drum. And it really kind of doesn't add as much as it should um, as a good clap part will, because we still just need that that two and four and we're just getting, you know, every single note. So um, I'm definitely distracted by the fact that they put this first because I really don't think this represents the album very well. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I, 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 I wasn't feeling it. What, what about you? Well, and I'm glad we, 
obviously glad we do this because we talk about things because you were thinking kind of in this this mind space of a drummer which you are so that was really cool how you how you pointed those things out because those are things i wouldn't i wouldn't be thinking but that's such an interesting right perspective so the rock has returned and we have some tribute riffs going on tapping solos and even though it's supposed to go back as they said to the blue album uh lyrically it's super surface level right so that 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 is the truth if i had a genre to song to sum up this song it would say your favorite market it's power pop with an influenced 80 solo and of mm-hmm. course the run of the mill 2021 pop song lyrics i mean i'm happy we're getting a louder song from the band and yeah. i again i know they're not taking they're in the i'm not taking myself too seriously business so overall because of that context i think it worked as an opener for an album like this again again uh track two is all the good ones um it's a prime example of why I think the band has been able to sustain and remain popular all these years. They've adapted to what's in. Uh, I, I, I don't know. Um, I, I don't like listening to, of course, modern pop music, but because I have two daughters that do so, I hear a lot of similarities in what he's trying to do in the song and, and what's out there. Um, these songs could have been on any one, this song in particular could have been on any one of their past albums. So it's one of those lesser rocking tracks. Um, I do like some of the things he mentioned, like like Nietzsche, which I'm a fan of Frederick Nietzsche on a personal note, um, but it's probably my lesser favorite uh, tracks on here. But again, uh, when you're letting this album play, in that context, it works. But as a solo standalone song, I don't think it does. Mark. Yeah. So the reason this sounds like this could have been on any other album is because it was. It's it's basically <laughs> just that song Beverly Hills again, which go. is fine. But aside from that, it does nothing for me. I know uh, Cuomo likes to, to be cheeky with his lyrics, but nothing is catching my attention here. None of these these lines are grabbing me in a way that that he had previously. Um, you know, I, again, I, I was just fighting the fact that this is basically just Beverly Hills <laughs> with, with different lyrics to it and basically Recycled. the same song structure. Yeah. I was really just like, what? And it, it took me a while at first, you know, um, you guys know me and Frank listens to the albums like constantly oh, on loop before we do this. So at first, when I just put this on, the album feels really familiar. Right. And part of that problem is because the band's borrowing, you know, in, in a way, like Frank said, there's a lot of tribute stuff, but it's more tribute to me, uh, or in my opinion, from their other works and, right. and not so much. I, I wasn't hearing a ton of this 80s stuff, which maybe that's why I got confused by because I was expecting a lot more 80s forward rock and roll. And that's not what this record's about. Right. Right. With that got said, it. track three, the end of the game. End of the game. Frank, I hope you have something interesting to say, because (laughs) other than the intro and the bridge, this song is completely forgettable. Um, Probably would have been uh, served better as the opening track, uh, Mm -hmm. as it does have a fun energy about it. But the chorus is downright snooze fest. uh, And you just spend a ton of time making references to bands other than uh, excuse me. He just spends a ton of time making references to other bands uh, and the in Narnia. (laughs) I, I don't get it. Um, I, I, yeah, go ahead. Well, I mean, you get the van sound. It sticks out with that tapping solo in the beginning. And to me, what sounds like a Panama, the song style riff. Uh, this was co-written by the singer from Sugar Colt. Which oh, I found I, the problem. Yeah. <laughs> As we dig, we find what the problem is. I haven't actually heard or thought of that band in like the longest time until I 
read that. Uh, songs like this will earn them new fans, right? And and we're so far removed from the album Pinkerton that those new fans probably think that's like a totally different band. Uh, obviously, we won't get into uh, that style. We won't get that style of writing ever again. And if you want to hear a lot why, listen to our episode, of course, Blue vs. Pinkerton. You'll, you'll mm-hmm. find out. Um, lots of references here from the Green albums, Island in the Sun, Aslan from, or Aslan from the Chronicles of Narnia, uh, Mick Jagger, and Marianne Faithful. Uh, again, this is Weezer for a new generation, and it it, it shows in, in this song. Um, next four is I Need Some of That. So this is the first of, uh, I have two here, it's actually three songs with writing credits to other people. Uh, this song is credits to the band uh, Asia, and that song Heat of the Moment, and mm. Blue Oyster Cults, Don't Fear the Reaper. Uh-huh. Um, that could be like a knee-jerk reaction based on the fear of maybe getting sued. Um, I, I I get that as that seems to be the, the trend now. Uh, just remember things are, are finite with music unless you're like some sort of prodigy, which, you know, they're good musicians, as you can even tell with the solos here. But, um, you know, maybe that was just a safety net that they did. So things are going to sound the same sometimes. Uh, these are still different songs. I think the song is catchy. I could see how it could satisfy, again, the the fans. Uh, the outro is... Uh, Actually, the little talking part is Rivers engineer Carl Koch and the late Rick Okunset from the Cars uh, chatting. So I think I, I could maybe that was put there because there's also to a little Cars vibe or maybe Rick had something to do with the song. Um, what about you on this song, Mark? Yeah, I'm so happy you mentioned this because I'm, I'm going to have to look it up. Um they must have borrowed something directly from those bands that they would have given them writing credits. Yes. It's so interesting because I, I mean, I certainly, I certainly didn't hear, you know, a pause and don't fear the re-, you know, like, you no, know, I mean? didn't hear that. I mean, maybe I didn't like the heat of the moment, the heat of the moment, but still though could be stretching it. Maybe we have to, I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I'm wondering why they chose to do that. It, please. Uh, if you, if you know, yeah, leave us a comment where you find this with the exact, to- the exact part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Or I mean, just like, throw a wild guess at it that's all we're doing uh anyways <laughs> uh, that's what i'm doing the harmony on this chorus is is really nice but overly generic and I, I really just can't stand it the song is is poppy enough but it lacks heart uh as the overly cheesy lyrics kind of drowned out what might have been a kind of cool song uh the first verse is setting up the whole song uh and and what we what it is that he needs but it's it's listening to Aerosmith and calling his mom and plugging in his Marshall stack that he needs. So I don't get why he needed a whole song about that because he never goes back to what it is he needs. It's just listening to Aerosmith calling his mom and plugging in a Marshall stack. I'm not, it, it, it really is. I, um, you know, we, we kind of talked about this with the Foo Fighters, right? Like I need some of that. Okay. But, but what, and, and why why do I care that you need some of that? And and don't I need some of that? I'm not engaged enough for any of those things to matter. What, to what is that? What is right? That? What is that? I mean, look, I used to listen to Aerosmith. I understand why people get into it. But but and what what is it? it it's just so ill defined and like. I, I don't know. I really just, it kind of got on my nerves. That's an interesting word. And I'm saying that is actually mm-hmm. an interesting word. Cause we're talking about it here. It made me think of, of course, you mentioned Foo Fighters, which is, mm-hmm. you know, um, is it this or, or whatever he was saying in that waiting for a war song. And I, and I even started thinking of the, 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 uh, meatloaf song what's the what's his famous song where it goes oh i will uh, do anything for love but i won't do that i won't do that it's so funny how at the end everyone's like what is that it's dr pepper (laughs) 
Yeah, it's, it's just Dr. Pepper. There it you is. Go. Track five is beginning in the end. Another track that probably would have worked as a better opener. Mm. Uh, it's the catchiest song so far. Yet, um, I, I I still don't know what it is I'm waiting for uh, on a Re- Weezer record. But it's, uh, I mean, I guess I guess that is what I'm waiting for. It's just like something catchy and fun. This one I just found like super boring otherwise. Uh, completely lacks anything memorable about it. I can be honest with you. Right here, right now as we record this, Frank. I can't tell you anything about the song beginning <laughs> in the end other than what I just read to you because I wrote it down. I, I've completely forgotten it. This entire record just like flushed right out of my brain. <laughs> well, th- this song is from the Bill and Ted's Face the Music soundtrack. I still uh, need to watch that. Yeah. Uh, I think it's great. I think it's okay. Great. Um, now we, we have more writing credits here. This is mm. to uh, my favorite, Billy Joel, not really. Uh, and the similarities to the song, The Longest Time. I I actually, I guess if you really want to nitpick th- things, you could find it and uh, do some ticky-tack stuff here, but I'm not really hearing it. But, um, you know, it's a, catch- it's a catchy tune and it was plugged in for the soundtrack. Um, okay, track six, Blue Dream. This is actually my favorite on the record. It, it starts off, Listen, it's crazy train. That's that's the intro. Uh, it's moved mm-hmm. up the neck so the so the notes are higher in a different key. Even though you get that recognizable Ozzy's crazy train riff uh, played throughout the songs and the verses, it totally still manages to be different and sets itself apart from I think being deemed as a blatant ripoff. Which again, I think they were pretty honest with it. These are all again like tributes. Uh, it almost has that heartbreak from Pinkerton mixed with the upbeat music from the Blue album. I think it's one of their more written well-written songs musically over the past few albums um you know you get the c as a backdrop obviously mark you know you're going to mention here the lyrics but um you know i i I think thus far it's the best song mark yeah uh out of curiosity since you were the one paying attention to this do they give ozzy or randy Rhodes? they gave him writing credits on this okay yeah i just wanted to because i didn't hear any of the other ones so i wasn't yeah um i'm pretty sure the song is about getting dumped so he moves to the ocean I mean, lyrically, it's terrible. Right. Uh, and Cuomo's singing is all over the place, but he's mostly singing too high out of his range. And it it kind of pulls me out of the song. Otherwise, I really like the use of Crazy Train. There I thought it was go. good. <laughs> um, track seven. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. One more hit. Again, another could have been an Oprah. Fuck, man. So we get this cool ass Metallica ish riff. Then some classic kind of popish Weezer with like half the lyrics being cool, um, kind of cool at least. Then the other, you know, just kind of overusing the phrase cold turkey, <laughs> um, followed by a cool guitar solo. It might be my favorite on the album, but like the rest of the album, it's aggressively all right. <laughs> I mean, here we get the heaviest I think I've ever heard the band, to be honest with mm-hmm. you. And this is where that Metallica influence comes in. Uh, I'm really actually impressed that they created this heavy laden song, but infused their hooks and the, the catchy pop nature of it. Cold uh, turkey. Cold turkey. I almost forget actually how good of a guitar player Rivers is. Uh, I mean, he could solo, and I'm glad we're able to see that here. Uh, I actually I, I liked uh, the song. Cold turkey. Uh, cold turkey. <laughs> 
Track eight, Sheila can do it. Uh, this oh. is where I saw the biggest return uh, to what they were doing actually on the uh, Blue Album many, many years ago. It seemed the tones were very carefully recreated. Uh, this is really what um, appealed Weezer to the masses back in the 90s. I mean, they had those power core tracks that were catchy. Uh, I'm glad they attempted to to get at least as close to that as possible to the uh, to the Blue Album. Mark? Yeah, I was worried at first with all of like the the nods to people going on that this intro, I thought it was girls, girls, girls. <laughs> I thought they were doing some crew. Um, it does have that sound from the Blue Album for sure, like you mentioned. But this song goes absolutely nowhere. Mm -hmm. um, and I have no idea what it is that Sheila can or can't do um, other than wearing skinny jeans. Skinny jeans. Um, yeah. So, uh-huh. <laughs> Track nine, She Needs Me. At least the message of the song is clear. She needs him, and that's why he needs her. I guess that's something. Um, <laughs> it's not quite codependency, um, but it's not good. Uh, anyways, uh, not really what you should be basing a relationship on, but whatever. Uh, I hope they got some product placement money for the Jar of Jif reference. Was was Jif credited with a writing credit on this one, Frank? No, no Jif. Uh, no. So uh, apart from the guitar solos, this song is entirely generic Weezer. I, like this is this is just what's happening. If like you you just wind them up a little bit and leave them alone, <laughs> this is what they'll play. <laughs> Well, here Rivers stated that he he tried to make an attempt at "You Shook Me All Night Long" from ACDC. Oh. I did I didn't hear that until the no. solo, where I was like, okay, that's maybe where they were trying to insert that. Uh, I wouldn't say it was one of the, the okay track uh, the top tracks on this record. Uh, not bad, but again, in the context, if you're letting it play, it's it's there. Mm -hmm. um, track ten, and we're at the end. The precious Ooh. metal girl. So maybe this is the nod uh, to Pinkerton, where the acoustic clack. Uh, track closes us out um no materialism here just metal and love lots of 80s references from faster pussycat to my uh, only gripe which is la guns and that Ooh. band that band is just absolutely horrible and i <laughs> you can't convince me that they're good because they're not even if nope. you're a fan you know deep down inside they suck yeah uh, anyway you know it paints a cute cute picture uh, this is not Butterfly from Pinkerton, which is very somber, sad, and morose. Uh, this is a, a cute picture. And again, in context of the album, I'm okay with that as the closer. Mark? Yeah, it's it's cute, I guess. Um, Would have liked a little more substance to it. But I guess when you play on words as precious metal and metal girl, these cliches work. I right, guess. right. Um, I was so bored with this that I'm so happy we're done with the album. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mark, there's still a little more to go, and that's yes. you have to give your final thoughts on the album. <laughs> right, 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 right. So I think my initial reaction of it being too self-serious may have been been misguided. Perhaps I got totally kind of backwards, and they're having fun overdoing it, and it came across to me as as too serious. But it is really just a big laugh for them, right? I, I think guess. so. Um, I don't really know if that's giving them too much credit or not, or or not enough. Excuse me. Um, I, I I really don't know. This this album really confused me because I, I have a ton of respect for Weezer, um, but this this was just a big like w what happened. Um, this album left me pretty indifferent. I get a ton of pop stuff um, here. I, I got some cool guitar riffs, but none of it paid off for me. I think 
I think perhaps they oversold that this was a Van Halen kind of, or not Van Halen tribute, but a tribute to kind of their 80s, their love for 80s rock and arena rock. And I didn't get that. Like, we got some cool riffs, right? right? But we didn't get big 80s, you know, faux hair metal tunes, which is kind of what I was expecting. Mm. Um, And I think that was really kind of a letdown for me. Um, Really would have liked for them to have gone, you know, less pop driven and focus more on that rock. But that's what... Uh, they which they showed us. flashes of, so they could do it. I mean, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm certainly not picking this record up. Uh, I'm giving it a three out of ten. Um, that's three more than Greta Van Fleet's album to hell, yeah, and I think two <laughs> more than Foo Fighters. So, <laughs> so for some reason, I went into this thinking uh, I wouldn't like it. I immediately thought that the band was going to make just a failed attempt at something and look silly. Uh, I'm not sure why as we've been seeing their albums adapt from like the beach boys style pacific sun dream which i really enjoyed to this bare bones okay human that was surprisingly dropped uh they weren't actually bad at all i'm learning to separate my biggest struggle is i have to separate blue and pinkerton weezer with this current incarnation and version that we have this version is a band that wants to continue to get a new audience play what they want and have a good time doing so um they're not i don't felt I, I feel they're not taking themselves too seriously here. And, and I think that's awesome. The rock definitely has returned and the influences are welcomed. Uh, I'm not sure if many think of a band like Weezer and right, right away, excuse me, appreciate um, the musicianship, uh, but they made their, because they made their bread basically on power chords, but they could play like Rivers is more than an accomplished guitarist. And I'm glad we're seeing some solos. Uh, Weezer's a band I, I don't mind admitting to that I like. And I, it's, you know, I'm very stoked my kids are into them and they requested the album. So I'm sure I'll pick it up for that reason. Uh, I actually, I, I enjoy it because again, I could sit with the family and the kids and we could listen to it from front to back. So because of that, to me, it's a 6.57 out of 10. Okay. Yeah. So. There you go. Um, okay, Mark. So th- this album was full of kind of some guilty pleasures, maybe, so to speak, right? These sure, 80 sure. influences. Let's mm-hmm. do top 10 80s guilty pleasures, Ooh. any genre, uh-huh. five apiece. Um, go ahead, Mark. Take it, take it away. I'll tell you, my first one is what I really wanted out of this record. I wanted some Warrant Cherry Pie, baby. <laughs> it was, I couldn't tell you why, something about, and I don't think I liked them until like the 90s. Right. Um, but they were from the 80s. They were part of that hair metal thing. Like it was weird, but there was something about she's my cherry pie. Right, whatever that shit song was. I was hooked, dude. I thought it was like, like the coolest shit. They had a sexy ass music video for it. They did. It might have been what did it for me. But yeah. Um it wasn't the girl, cherry uh, pie. The girl in the video definitely you know <laughs> attracted many people at the time. Um, wow, that's a good one. That's a good Thank one. You. Uh, mine is Little Fighter by White Lion. Yeah. Ooh, okay. Oh, but Frank and Mark, they talk about hair metal and they bash it. Yeah, we do. But yeah. th- this is called a guilty pleasures list, right? So mm-hmm. um, Little Fighter, White Lion. Um, something about this song. I don't know. I just have... Listen, I had the cassette single and I had great memories of, of watching the video. Uh, I never liked that other song, When the Children Cry. Uh, mm-hmm. So then when I heard this, I was like, oh, okay, this is rocking, man. And then the guitar playing was good. Um, and, and it's about apparently the ship, a ship called Little Fighter and just how it's persevered throughout all these years and stuff like that. So White Lion, Little Fighter. In the song, do they go like, 
little fighter, you know the Navy boat we're talking about. Yeah. No, you know why Greta Van Fleet? Because nobody knows the name of little old fucking boats, you pompous assholes. Yeah, take Unre- a tip from White Lion, Greta Van Fleet. <laughs> That's right. And totally unrelated RIP to uh, Tawny Katane. That's sad. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Sad. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Totally. She sold more records for that fucking band than they will ever admit. She had to be on White Snake's payroll. I mean, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To- totally. Totally. Yeah. Uh, so number two for me is is a pretty big hit, um, but it's one that like you know like you got to really kind of get me drunk to get me to talk about it. Uh, Brian Adams, it's the summer of '69, baby. Mm, not I Brian Adams. Song. Brian Adams. Yes. Brian Adams. Yes. Oh, did I say that wrong? I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I always Brian. Brian yes. Adams. Brian Adams. Uh, yeah. I. You know what it is? It's one of those songs about like, hey man, let's just get some guitars and learn how to rock, and everything will be cool. Like, yeah, man, I want that shit. You fucking boomers had it so goddamn easy. You could just buy a cheap guitar, teach yourself to play it, and look at you. Yep. Look at you, you sons of bitches. Sorry, go ahead, Frank. I, I could just <laughs> I could just hear my buddy. My buddy, he used to be like, uh, because you had this summer of 69 and run to you and a couple others that I can't name uh mm-hmm. off the top of my head because I'm not like a Brian Adams fan, but then he's like somewhere along this is how he would talk, somewhere along the way, Brian Adams lost his balls because then he started doing the Robin Hood <laughs> the Robin Hood soundtrack. Oh, and, this was um, so good. Yeah. And uh the the uh what was the other one? The all for one, one for all with the three musketeers mm-hmm. and um and just like all these soft pop tunes, and he's like, Oh, that's when Brian Adams lost his balls. So so <laughs> just that's awesome. think of that. my boss is this like this big dude right he's just this big dude he used to play baseball and stuff like he's a big dude right and he's got this story about being like 20 and uh and him and like four of his buddies were living in canada and they're just like brian adams is coming to town oh, yeah because he's we're, Canadian. yeah we're gonna we're gonna haul ass down to the theater be the first because you couldn't buy tickets online then right or even right. over the phone you had to go stand in front of the box office so him and his buddies drove all the way down to, to the the place, waited in line to buy tickets for it, like Brian Adams. Like who, a bunch of tough guys like yeah. Brian Adams. Uh-huh. And then he's got a story about a fight that they got in. It was pretty, I don't want to ruin it. I don't know. You know, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. But it, it's just one of those Brian Adams always cracks me up and the people's love for him. I'm like, what the fuck? And then like. Yeah. Punks, punks love to cover their song. I mean, Summer of 69 is like a mm-hmm. go to for, for people to cover. So, yeah. It's a classic. All right. So my next is a song called Some Like It Hot by The Power Station. Now, this is a super group of sorts. Um, I I don't like Duran Duran at all, uh, but they formed a super group with uh, Robert Palmer as the singer. You know, si- Simply Irresistible and um, Might As Well Face It, You're Addicted to Love, that guy. So mm-hmm. th- he sang and he sang in this group, the power station and the song is called some like it hot. And uh, he's, he had a good, I mean, Robert Palmer has a, has a great voice regardless of mm-hmm. if people like him. So screwed Dur- Duran Duran. Uh, you know, I kind of always liked it because of his voice. So, Oh, okay. Ooh. Next Mark. Yeah. Next one for me is uh culture club. A little oh. Karma chameleon. <laughs> yeah. This song's it's kind of weird and like creepy, but like it kind of feels good. You know what I mean? Karma chameleon. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, chameleon. They come and go. They come and, and it, it's, it's just kind of that perfect 80s song. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. Nice. Nice. Yeah. All of our audience just figured out why we're not in bands anymore. Yeah. Oh, 
You heard it right here, right here. But here's another one that will do it. Uh, Never going to give you up by Rick Ashley. Uh, yeah, Rick roll him. He's got, listen, he's got like a cult following because anytime this song comes in on or together forever, like people just around just want to just want to dance and have a good time. And mm-hmm. it, it just I always put it on loud in the car. Like if it comes on satellite radio and the kids are cracking up and something about this song. So uh, are, Rick, are you aware that this song is like an Internet joke? Is it really? Which what, have, this you, one? have you have you not heard of getting Rick rolled? No. Are you kidding me right now? No, I thought this was like a that's like a sushi roll or something. That's not. A sushi, no, you know? no. Well, you're serious right now. I am more than serious. I, I no, I don't know. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll see you offline about Rick rolling. Oh, so we can't even say it on the episode. Oh, I mean, we can, but like, it's, I'm not going to do it justice. You just have to. Okay. All right. All right, I'll, right, I'll, right. You'll, yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Uh, number four for me. Yes. Uh, little Madonna. Oh, right. No question as to what I was interested in about Madonna. Uh, like a virgin, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was one of those things. And then of course H2O covered it. And I was, yeah. oh, no, that was like a prayer, like a prayer, um, but I, I, I still like, like a virgin. There's something about it. Um, of course the, the, um, the famous scene in reservoir dogs, you know, where they're talking about, I got, I got Madonna's big dick in this year. Yeah. Charlie oh Chan. In this. Like it. it's just, uh, That's but so no, you good. know what? A- again, Madonna in the eighties, she was like perfect. Um, like the perfect uh, pop up star. Yeah. Pop, yeah. Pop car crash. Like she was just amazing. <laughs> um, and, and I, I, I was in love with it, man. That's so awesome. That's mm-hmm. awesome. What you got next? Uh, next I have break my stride by Matthew Wilder. You know, a okay. lot of people hear this song, you know, nobody going to hold me down. Oh, it's totally not it. Uh, oh. nobody going to break my stride. That one. Nobody going to hold me down. Oh, oh no. no. I, I got, got to, to keep, keep on, moving. on moving. Everybody will see this guy. And they'll be like, who, who, he's the one who did that. They're like, this guy, you don't, you don't even correlate him with that song. Uh, it's kind of, it's got like this, this eighties, uh, pop, but like reggae backbeat to it. Um, mm. uh, it, it's addicting as hell. And this was a 45 on my record player. So, uh, nice. break my stride, Matthew Wilder mm-hmm. back at you, pal. Yeah. So my last pick here, um, I'm going to keep going with the babes because I loved me some 80s babes. Cindy Lauper. Mm-hmm. And I loved having fun dancing to the song with my sisters. And I don't care who knows it. Girls just want to have fun. There I had a blast are. singing it. I don't give a fuck. It's a good tune. It's a fun time. Cindy Lauper rules. Of course, the fact that she did this video with uh, Lou Albana. Captain Lou Albana. Right. As like basically just a video for the Goonies for no reason. It's pretty amazing. It's on if like the DVD I have for the Goonies. The video for girls just want to have fun is on it. Yeah. So this was also too in that in that really unique period of the rock and wrestling, right? Where you had the eighties wrestling exploding and mm-hmm. that they used uh, Cindy Lauper as a cornerstone to really get them in the pop audience. So that's why you had Lou Alabano and girls just want to have fun. That's why she was at WrestleMania one. She was all over uh, wrestling as well. And this mm-hmm. song really personifies that whole combination, which was, if you think about from a marketing perspective, genius. Per- Genius, genius, mm-hmm. absolutely. Um, last one is the Wham rap from Wham. So everyone's, oh. everyone's going to think of Wham, and they're going to think of "Wake Me Up Before You Go Go" and and uh, everything that she wants. And last Christmas, and then they're going to think of 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 uh, last Christmas, Christmas. I gave you my heart. 
yeah it is it's so good though and then they're gonna think of obviously george michael's solo stuff right. and you know songs like freedom 90 but there was a there was a wham song called freedom which was way better but anyway the wham rap this was when uh mm-hmm. Still, rap was in its infancy. Right. Um, obviously, the the Sugar Hill Gang song came out, uh, but you had uh, George Michael, Rapper's and, Delight, yeah, Andrew Rigby. Uh, they they were they were in these leather jackets, and they were almost kind of like these these uh, uh, punks, but like kind of like new wave type people, and 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 they were rapping, and there was even some like political undertones about uh, in oh. England about um, you know people taking advantage of uh, like welfare and system like that but they hit it in this wham rap and and like it people don't associate uh, George Michael and, and wham with the song but I tell you what it's such a guilty pleasure I play it <laughs> and, and the wife's always like oh that's like the worst wham song that you're playing but but I always <laughs> I, I freaking it's awesome so yes, I love the that. wham rap so wow mark that was that was a fun that was a fun ride why don't you tell the mm-hmm. five people at home what's in store next week all right kids pack up your stuff we're going to a show Woo! now we know that not everywhere uh everyone is allowed to go to shows frank and i live in florida so COVID didn't actually happen to us mm-hmm. but for the show we're gonna listen to another great live album and that album is social distortion live at the roxy wow Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh-huh. I'm so stoked. I'm so stoked. This is like one of the first live albums that I fell in love with when I was doing that, you know, coming of age into music. And sure. so Amps were covering it. I have a lot of memories with this record, uh, even with you uh in with this record as well, where we were just yep. sitting listening to it. And I'm excited to go a little bit deeper and, and dissect it with you, buddy. So uh you, you had me at, at social D. So this is gonna nice. be awesome. This is gonna be how awesome. much for a cigar. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> so I anyway, went listen everyone out there thank you all for listening uh i i really uh, appreciate you spending this time with us and of course mm-hmm. be safe stay safe out there and uh thank you again hey thanks so much we love you covid is real bye <laughs> <laughs>